Technical NLP podcast with me, Andy Smith. Catch up on previous episodes at nlppod.com. Our guest this week is my old friend, Margaret Nash, NLP trainer, more recently coach, and even more recently author. Margaret has some fascinating methods to share with us in this interview about how to get the best from yourself using a method called self-modeling. Listen on to hear more. Welcome, Margaret, to the Practical NLP Podcast. Well, thank you, Andy. It's lovely to be here. Yeah, so just before we started recording, uh, we were thinking about how we met, and um, it's actually so long ago that neither of us could exactly (laughs) remember the circumstances. Probably we think at uh, the NLP group in London. Yes. Um, But uh, subsequent to that... um, Margaret co-trained with me on uh, some of my courses and uh, in particular teaching teaching my students the official version of timeline therapy which um, I wasn't certified to teach even though I used it all the time. So uh, for the benefit of our listeners um, I want to ask how you got into NLP originally. We're going way back. Okay. Way back before I met you. I was, um, I'm an American, but I was living in England and um, I was, uh, I had a, I was a trainer, a business trainer um, and traveled all around Europe, working in high tech companies, um, doing business training and sales and, and management and always trying to keep my ear to the ground. You know, you had to keep on top of your game. Um, when you're doing business training. That's one thing I like about it. Um, And I kept hearing this thing called NLP. And we'd have HR people saying, do you know about NLP? Do you know about? And so, of course, we'd say, oh, yeah, of course we do. And so um, I I figured I'd probably better uh, get moving on it. And so signed up for a course in London. And uh, a weekend thought I could learn all of it in a weekend find out about it and just get the hang of it. And um, I think I emerged about four years later, kind of um, <laughs> drooling and then trance and <laughs> kind of totally obsessed with it and um, did a whole bunch of trainings, some of which you've done as well. We, we both trained with Tad James and um, David Shepard and Topher Morrison uh, Topher Morrison, not so much for me. I've seen him oh, okay. do a session at the either the NLP conference or an NLP group, but uh, yeah. no formal training from okay. Topher for me. He taught me hypnosis. Oh. I went to California. Did you go to California to do your trainer's training? Trainer training, yeah. Uh, Costa Mesa. Yes, yes. Mm. I mean, you got to go somewhere, don't you? <laughs> yep. um, <laughs> and um, yeah, so I did the whole gamut. I spent a lot of money that I didn't have um, to to do it. But I, I think like you, you just get obsessed with it, you know, when you really get into it. So that's yeah. how I started. Okay, cool. And then um, went off into, stopped doing the business training and went off into NLP training. Right, yes. Personal development, yeah. Yeah, um, and what hit? hypnotherapy and hypnotherapy. one-to-one stuff yeah yeah i did hypnotherapy for about 15 years i don't do it quite so much now okay i got tired of smokers <laughs> <laughs> i got Sorry. tired of smokers very very early on uh, yeah <laughs> yeah which is um, um terrible from a marketing point of view uh if you're a if you're a therapist um because 
this is this is my pet theory, right? About um, business models to hypnotherapists. Sort out somebody, stop them smoking. They will go and tell all their friends about it. Mm -hmm. uh, all their smoker friends and they'll be forming a cue to your door um mm -hmm. help somebody lose weight they'll tell a lot of their friends about it yeah. um help somebody get past like uh erectile dysfunction or bedwetting or you know <laughs> um childhood abuse whatever yeah. they are not going to tell anyone about it and they just yeah. actually want to forget about you as well because yeah. uh, they just want to put it all behind them yeah. So um, unfortunately, those were the kind of things that I specialized in, the sort of deeper stuff. Um, <laughs> okay. Yeah. But, My uh, problem with giving up, I got, I got hooked on the smoking because um, of, of helping people with smoking um, because it's such an easy sell. Yeah. There are smokers everywhere and they all think hypnosis is the answer because yeah. they feel like you, they'll just come in and you'll do it to them yeah. and um, they don't have to do anything. And uh, so it's an easy sell and it's hard to get away from that. But I finally did. <laughs> yeah. Um, on the other hand, it works uh, quite a high proportion of the time and it does. Um, it does do them. You know, it's a really good thing for them to, uh, oh, absolutely. to free them from that. So uh, absolutely. So, yeah. So, yeah, we were doing good in the world. Back then. <laughs> uh, well, still are, but in different ways. I know. I'm just yeah. So um, I always ask people this. What's been, if you can pick one, uh, what's been one of your best experiences of NLP or with NLP? Um, that's an interesting question. I would say... Um, my favorite technique or the thing that I've used the most throughout the years, throughout the 20 years that you and I have been in this business, I would say the one thing that stands out to me that I use every time I'm with a client. How, how will that do for answering that question? Uh, that will do fine. Okay. Yeah. Because <laughs> I can't think of a particular, I'm not sure what you're getting at with the question about um best experience. yeah i think i think i was going for you know if you had some kind of peak experience with nlp uh, oh. some some amazing breakthrough or aha moment yeah. or uh oh god that's gotta be really that's gotta be manifesting then <laughs> <laughs> goal setting okay but, um, yeah i mean that's exciting um I guess it was way back when, way back in England, um, in Reading, uh, mm -hmm. and I was I had just qualified with the NLP and the the um, the hypnosis, and I was um, I was looking for a place to work, and I kind of had a local kind of place where the therapist could go and rent a room, but it wasn't very exciting there. And it clearly wasn't my office or anything. And I was going to see um, this um, chiropractor, um, homeopath, kind of um, very well-known alternative um, creature in, uh, in Reading for my back. I had problems with my back and he was just awesome. You know, he had ponytail, he was energetic. And when, when he walked into the room, he said, Oh, Oh, you've, this room is crowded with your guides, you know, that sort of thing. So I was immediately hooked with him and he had this beautiful clinic and I walked out of there the first time. And I thought I would die to be able to work in this clinic. 
And so um, I immediately set out and started doing the manifesting stuff that I had just learned and hadn't really put into practice yet. And, you know, setting a goal that he invited me to work in his clinic because he thought I was so awesome and all of this, you know, and, and um, I just kept repeating it and affirming it and doing all the stuff. <clears throat> I didn't know if it was true and I had never done it before. And um, on our last session together, we had, a, a, I think, a six-week session. And we would chat about what I did and things like that while sessions were going on. And the last one, he said, I'm really looking for someone who does hypnotherapy to work here. Would you be interested? And I said, I, it, it was really weird. I went cold. It wasn't like, oh, excitement and all this. I just went I just went cold and I could hardly speak, but I did manage to say yes quite promptly. Um, and um, it went on from there. So I think that was kind of my, oh my goodness, this stuff works. What else can I use it for? You know, so. Yeah, nice convincer moment. Um, <laughs> yes. Be interesting Very to think so. about the, the mechanics of how that works, actually. Oh my goodness. Um, if yeah. we. <sighs> If we weren't thinking about the kind of, I think they call it metaphysics of it. Um, yeah. 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 Uh, I guess. I learned it, it from Ted. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> I know. And he's, he's bringing various sort of uh, shamanic things to it. Exactly. And yeah. yeah. I was doing it, everything. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I guess if that becomes your image of yourself, then you start behaving in ways mm, that make it yes. true. Yes. Yeah. So the conversation, I noticed that the conversation when I was with him during treatments and things like mm -hmm. that, it would somehow turn to what I was doing in my work mm -hmm. and things like that, just casually. It may not have if I hadn't been affirming this, you mm -hmm. know, making the affirmations all the time. So, you know, you kind of create your reality, don't you? And you, you become open to, you know, the signals and things like that. Yeah, and you're sending out signals to other people and they mm -hmm. pick up on it consciously or unconsciously. Yes, yeah. yes. All of that stuff going on. Okay. Um, so uh, next thing I often ask people is, who do you really admire in NLP and or what are you excited about in NLP right now? Oh, right now? Yeah. Uh, I would say I'm a, um, the thing I'm using the most right now is the uh, self-modeling. Right. Do you want to say a bit about what that is and how it works? Okay. Um, <clears throat> NLP is based on modeling, as, as you all know and your audience knows, um, modeling excellence. Um, the self-modeling I find particularly exciting because what you're doing is you're modeling <clears throat> your own success. And so instead of modeling someone else who's successful, which really works, um, great, great fan of that, um, you model what you do well. So you take something that you is a piece of cake for you, <clears throat> just something that you can do well. And you choose something that's not a skill like everybody has, mm -hmm. you know, like um, uh, going on Facebook and doing pithy quotes and things like that on there doesn't count you know it's like it's got to be something that's a little bit um a little bit you know a little bit rare and valuable as as mm -hmm. cal newport would say um and but it's easy for you um 
for various reasons, you've either got experience in it or you have a natural talent for it or whatever, um, you can do this thing and you can be successful in it. And so what you do, do you want to talk about this now? I really do. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, So what you do is you take that skill that you can do and you really examine um, your own thinking about it, your own attitude towards it when you've got an assignment to do it or you've got to do it. What are you saying to yourself? How are you feeling? But the most important thing is when you are doing it and things go wrong, what's your recovery process? And how do you get out of it? And that's the key. And so then you take all of that and then you, you think about something that you haven't been so successful in <laughs> and we all have it. Let's, let's, let's be, let's share here. Um, we all have these areas where we're not so good. And um, so you look at that and you look at, okay, when you have to be doing that, what are you saying to yourself? What are you thinking? What are you feeling? How do you feel about yourself? And More importantly, when it starts to go wrong, what do you do? And so then you map over the the good things. You look at the differences. And then the next time you have to do this difficult task, you map over your your skills and particularly your recovery. Um, I'll give you an example and and just step into that. I'll give you an example is, okay, with my experience of training from way back, I hate to say how long back in the the dark ages from I've been designing training programs and training in front of groups. I can speak in front of any size group and I'm, I'm not nervous. Um, It's not an, it's not a totally rare skill, but not everybody has it. So Mm -hmm. um, I think of what I do when I'm preparing for, doing some something in front of a group, some training. What do I do? Well, I tell myself, you got this. You got this. You've done it. You've done it. Been doing it for years. You know what you have to do. And my motto is professionals don't wing it. We practice, practice, practice. We prepare, 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 and we don't leave anything to chance. Um, And, and, and that, and so, if things, if like I'm preparing a talk or something and I then practice it and it sounds really weird or awful, no big deal. I just start again. Okay. We take my, as you know, my technical skills are not fantastic. We've had a few little instances when I haven't been able to get things to you. Um, What do I do in that, that situation? I tell her, Oh, God, I've got to do this. Ah, no good at this. Why am I having to do this? I'm no good at it. Why can't I find somebody to do it for me? Um, I'm not going to be able to do this. I know I won't. And then when things go bad, what do I do? I hang it up. Mm -hmm. I hang it up. I just quit. I I can't do this. And so if I have something to do um, that's technical, um, that's a really big thing, um, I try to map over this thing of I can do this. I just got to keep persisting. Um, who is it that says faith is really just, oh, it, Mike, Mitch Horowitz says that faith is just persistence. Just, just get in there and keep doing it. You know? so, and I map that over. And it really works when I think to do it. <laughs> right. So not giving up. At the and not giving hurdle. up. Yeah. 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 So, or whatever it is that um, you do well that works for you. 
Okay, so I'm really interested in the um, the recovery strategy bit. Yes, that's the key. Uh, is that yeah? So you're saying that's the key. So um, maybe give us an example of what could happen, what could go wrong if you're like training or presenting, and how you recover from it. Okay. Well, um, oh, you mean when I'm actually when doing, actually the doing it? Yeah, yeah. The, the stuff you're good yeah. at. Yeah. Um, well, um, one of the things is I'm always prepared. I always have notes. Mm -hmm. um, I don't, you know, I don't care how often I've done it. I can remember my, um, my trainer who trained me to do business training said that he had done a, a, a program for um, six months and he'd done it, you know, every, almost every day for six, no, six weeks. And he'd yeah. done the same thing every day. And so one day he got up a bit late and he ran in and he left his notes behind and he stood up in front of the group and he said, I got this, you know, I know what I'm doing here. And he stood up in front of the group and his mind went completely blank <laughs> and he, he had no notes in front of him. So he said, always bring your notes. He said, yeah. never, ever. So that's one thing. That would be one thing. Um, recovery plans. Um, we were given numerous things to do with Tad. Do you remember in the trainer's training? What I remember the most from it is the, is the training persona. I don't know if you remember that. Um, Tad insisted you step into your training persona mm -hmm. and a training persona was your professional persona. And yeah. you, you just imagine the best trainer and yeah. what they would be thinking and saying and feeling, and you step into that role and you become bulletproof. And so if, if something goes wrong in the training, I just anchor back into the pr training persona. I step back from it. And I don't take anything personally. And remember, he just said, if something goes wrong, just stop. Don't start yapping. <laughs> don't start yapping about, oh, gosh, I forgot my notes. Or I can't remember what I was saying here. Um, does anybody know? You know, you don't start yeah. yapping. Just step back, you know, step out of metaphorically step back from yourself and shut up. And he said, it'll seem like an eternity to you. But to the group, it's just a second or two. And then just step, you know, get back into your re-anchor your, your professional persona and get back into the flow. Look at your notes, you know, stop for a moment, look yeah. at your notes, take as long as you need because it's only going to be seconds and the group mm. isn't going to think anything. They're going to think it's deliberate. You know, take, take a look at your notes and start again. So that would be that would be a a successful technique that I've learned from something that I'm good at that I don't yeah. have for other things <laughs> because I don't have the experience and the, the trainings perhaps. Yeah. So, so this whole thing is really interesting. I think um, as you, as you were saying, um, you know, modeling, modeling something that you're good at yeah. and really getting into the, the how of how yeah. you do it. Yes. Yeah. Um, this is immediately made me think of um, Marcus Buckingham and Ashley Goodall's reasonably recent book, uh, mm -hmm. Nine Lies About Work, where oh. they are they are dissecting the idea really of critical feedback uh, mm -hmm. and saying, you know, this usually says more about the feedback giver yeah. than the person who is receiving the feedback. 
And right. actually, most managers have got it the wrong way around. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, they'll, they'll go into extreme detail on all the stuff you did wrong. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> but usually if you do something really well, they'll say, uh, well, this was uh, aimed at the American market. So they'd say, good job. Or something like that, as indeed Tad used to, yes. and um, and that would be the end of the conversation, right? And that's all you get to hear about it. Whereas um, what they're saying is it should be the start of the conversation, and you should ask them about how they did it, and the, mm -hmm. the idea being that people are uh, well, a that encourages them to do more of it in future yeah. through behavioural reinforcement, mm -hmm. um, but also people do things well. Mm -hmm. in so many different ways mm -hmm. and they yes. have their own way of doing it so you're looking yes. at your the way that works for you and you what know it works for you because it's worked absolutely. in the past yes absolutely so th this is a yeah. real interest because you, yeah. you know i'm i'm uh, very much into appreciative <laughs> inquiry these days as well mm -hmm. um which is all about looking at what's working now and in the past even if only partially and doing more of it and building on yes. it yes yeah so this is really oh, really interesting very similar yeah yeah mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Um, so do we have um, yeah i usually ask uh ask my interviewees for something that um my listeners can take away and try out in terms of like a technique or a pattern or a procedure mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. is there something around self-modeling that they could do yes um well really we we just did it a little <laughs> while ago okay. um so okay, let, know, let's let's set out the steps explicitly. It's it's literally I think three steps. Okay. Um. You 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 take something, take some, think of something that you're really good at, and you know you are, and you're confident. Mm -hmm. Um, <clears throat> and really uh, examine how you do that. Go ahead. Yeah. This this may take some time because of course um, people tend to play down the things they're good at because uh, it's just like natural to them. <laughs> well, like with me, it was. Prepare, 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 practice, practice, practice. Don't skimp on that. You know, mm -hmm. pay you dividends and, and memorizing your first sentence when you stand up in front of a group because, you know, there have been instances when very experienced people completely <laughs> choke, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's little things like that. Exactly. So anyway, you model what you do well and how you do it. Mm -hmm. um, and um, you think about what you feel about yourself about it. And what you're saying to yourself is, oh, I got this. Oh, I can do this. I've got experience mm -hmm. in this. Yeah, I'm good at this. You know, um, <clears throat> I know what to do. <clears throat> Excuse me. And, um, and then you, um, and then you think about what happens when things go wrong, you stop. You look at your notes. You, you don't mind just being quiet. Don't yap about how you don't know what you're doing. Yeah. And you're scared and you're you've never been, you've never talked about this thing before. I you know, the number of people who stand up in front of a group and say, Oh, I'm really scared to be here today. You know, I'm really <laughs> nervous and I, I've never talked about this before. And, you know, I'm yeah. not an expert. And you say, well, sit down and shut up, you know, and don't want to Yeah, why you. would we listen so, to you? Anyway, yeah, yeah that, that, was, that was a sidetrack. Um, okay, so you think about how you recover when mm -hmm. things grow wrong, go wrong. Okay, and then you take something you're not so good at um, that you can't do and you haven't been able to be successful at and you examine 
the same things. What are you saying to yourself? How do you feel about it? How do you feel about yourself? Um, what's your recovery process, which is usually just to hang up your spurs and do something else and give up. No yeah. persistence. Um, notice the difference and then map over the, the qualities of the, the good, the successful thing. And yeah. the reason uh, onto what's not so successful, and the reason this is so powerful is because you know you can do it. It's not something yeah. somebody else can do. It's something you know you can do. I have these qualities of persistence. I have these qualities of preparation. I have these qualities of, you know, a, a, of looking things up if I don't know the answer. <laughs> yeah, Google. and you know yeah. this because you've got loads of reference experiences of doing it with the thing that you're good at. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so that's so it. that's it. So, yeah. um, so the three steps then are um, choose something that you're, you know you're good at Mm -hmm. and model how you do that yes uh, particularly the recovery process especially the recovery process which <laughs> is super important and mm -hmm. probably not talked enough about in when modeling is taught i think no yeah no. Uh, yeah super important because of course things will sometimes go and wrong I, or I, the unexpected of i pick i picked this up from michael neal by the way just so just for clarity there, for transparency, yeah. Uh, right, Michael Neal, the author of Super, Super Coach. Coach, yeah? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, I haven't read it, I confess, um, but uh, yeah, I remember. It's, it's tweaked a bit because yeah. I've been using it for, for several years now, so yeah. I've kind of tweaked it, but that was the original impetus from it. But the original thing comes from NLP modeling, so. Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> so, and then look at the same the same things uh, mm -hmm. with the thing you're not good at, you know, mm -hmm. not just what do you do, but how are you doing it? Uh, yeah. What are you telling yourself? What are you mm -hmm. feeling? Even yeah. things like how you're standing and how you're breathing. Yeah, and, absolutely, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then what happens if you start doing the thing you weren't good at in the style of the thing yes. that you are good at? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And then you do something different there. And yes. because you're doing something different, you probably get better results. Yes. Yeah. And, and just to, absolutely. And just um, looking at um, <clears throat> the, um, the qualities that are really in your successful thing, like with me, it was persistence with things yeah. I'm good at and persistent. Um, I have faith in it. I can, mm -hmm. I just persist at it. I don't give up. Um, whereas the things I'm not good at, oh, Spanish. Um. <laughs> Margaret lives in Mexico. I there. should uh, point out to our <laughs> listeners. Okay. We, we're not going there. No, okay. <laughs> that'll be my that'll be my challenge. I'll 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 do this persistence onto my Spanish and see what happens. I haven't just, done it just yet. Just as an intellectual exercise. <laughs> Why not? Yeah. <laughs> Cool. Um, yeah, so this also makes me think of um, Carol Dweck's work about uh, mindset mm -hmm. of um, fixed or growth mindsets where mm -hmm. people think they, this is psychology now, it's not NLP, right? Um, but it's relevant and useful nevertheless that people with a fixed mindset think they are good at certain things, bad at other things, and they're just like naturally good or bad at them. Mm -hmm. And people with growth mindsets uh, believe they can get better at doing anything if they persist okay. at it. Okay. And so like yeah. the, yeah, th this was originally from studying um, children's attitude to learning, I think. Mm -hmm. And uh, originally it's from how kids are praised. Mm -hmm. uh, but if they're praised for qualities, 
Mm -hmm. uh, then they tend to get this fixed mindset. They tend to think, yeah, I am smart or I am, oh. you know, beautiful or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And if something ever happens that they can't do, Mm -hmm. um possibly the whole bubble bursts and they think oh i'm not smart after all so the temptation for them is to avoid challenges yeah and just stick to the things that they can look good at uh, okay, and so, so the alternative is to praise them for effort effort and persistence yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. and and, and yeah. uh just instill the belief that uh, yes. they can improve at anything right mm -hmm. and people with that mindset growth mindset relish challenges Mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. they tend to do better over okay. time okay yeah yeah it makes total sense yeah yeah so no this is this is uh really interesting how it's kind of intersecting with all the stuff i'm interested in mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. we should uh, talk more <laughs> we, should, we should probably talk more yeah co collaborate develop a world I'd beating course whatever to. okay i'm there i'm there <laughs> um yeah so uh oh was I going to ask you? Yeah, I'm, you, you've written um, several books, haven't seven. you? Seven, seven books so far. Yeah, my seventh is just up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. So, and th these are mainly in what's it called? The it's not. <laughs> I've got aging hippie in my head. Is that right? <laughs> it, it started out as the old hippie at heart series. The old hippie at heart, right? And I okay, got so yeah. many complaints about the old that I just changed it to the hippie at heart self help okay. series. Yeah. <laughs> complaints from all these old hippies, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. You know, they knew who they were, but they didn't. Yeah. Want, they didn't like the moniker. So. <laughs> I quite like old hippie at heart because I, yeah. that's what I am. But um, yeah, this, but the two new books, I've started a new little um, guidebook series called mm -hmm. Shortcuts to Success. Right. Um, and it's for, uh, to accelerate your self-development, just a very quick, um, easy to um, understand guides to, um, you know, hacks yeah. Um, uh, in the personal development field, in coaching and NLP and all that. So That's what the, this the generation wants, right? Short Margaret? books, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Can read in under two hours. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. So your latest one, I'm, I'm going to pop up a, an image of it on the screen on okay. the uh, recording. Um, life coaches, find your zen and step up your game. Uh, yeah. Yep. So... Do you want to say a little bit about that? I know, I know you wrote okay. it ages ago. No, um, I didn't. It was just but, a few months ago. Yeah. Oh, okay. So probably you can still remember something. It, it about was it, just right? up last week. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 Um, yeah. And the 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 title is a bit tongue in cheek, of course. It's um, it's not totally serious, but uh, I I was going to call it and bring your A game, but I thought that was a little over the top. So step up your game. The idea being that um, well, it starts out with um, it's it's about five. I call it five coaching insider secrets that you don't learn um, when you're learning to be, when you're training to be a coach, things they don't teach you. And it started out with um, a, um, an experience I had in um, Northern California this time, not LA. Um, when I was on, I had been coaching for about 10 years and I went on an advanced coaching course um, to kind of, um, you know, hone my skills a bit. And um, one of the things we had to do on this course was um, we had to practice with other coaches, you know, do practice sessions, mock sessions. And um, 
this particular day, I had a very experienced coach who was my partner and I, he had written tons of books. He had, he was quite well known. And so I was a little bit intimidated and trying to, you know, bring my best game to it. And um, so his feedback, so we had a session together and his feedback to me was, you're working too hard. And I went, because that's not, that's not what you want to hear. And he said, you need to let the you need to let the client do the work not you you're doing it all and I was so embarrassed but I knew and then he said you need to find your zen as a coach and so um I knew he was right but you know it was like um but it was the best advice I've been given because then it 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 really changed how I approached coaching I recognized that I was trying too hard and when you try too hard you choke and yeah. you're not in flow and you're not in the zone. And so I was trying so hard to be a good coach um, that I was just imposing myself on my, my clients. And so this, um, this forced me to look into my coaching and I found five things that, um, five things that I was not doing <laughs> <laughs> and that nobody had told me about. Well, actually one of them is, is stepping into your persona. So that's not true. I had learned it, but I hadn't applied it to coaching. I had applied mm. it to training, but not to having a coaching persona. Right. And, so um, this will be a prime example of how you could take uh, the qualities that you had in one area and map them over to absolutely area. all of them are based on NLP, all of them. So yeah. yeah, so that's what the book is about. It's these five insider secrets that. Um, <laughs> yeah, don't tell me. us what the other ones are. Okay, uh, I won't. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I mean, that one, that one in itself is extremely valuable. We've, I'm, we've I'm already about, talked about it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm about halfway through the book so far. Um, mm. and I will be reviewing it. I will be posting a review of it. Great. Uh, cause I think it's really good. I, I'd say it's, um, it's something that it's worth every coach reading. It's not about coaching techniques. No. It's about how you, well, how you need to be as a coach and how you yeah. deploy what you've learned as a coach, how you choose between the skills and when to use them and, mm -hmm. and uh, the state you need to be in and so on. Yes. And I, yeah. I was very pleased to find that actually, yeah, when I'm, when I'm coaching people more, even more than when I'm training, actually, I think I do mm -hmm. automatically step into that persona. So you're a very Zen person anyway, Andy. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> You're not like me all over the place. <laughs> uh, you'd be surprised. <laughs> you'd be surprised. Loud and here yeah. and there and all this. Yeah. And it really, really, um, the things I learned really, really helped my coaching. And now I'm so, and the reason I know it's helped it is now I, I keep clients for a long time. And um, typically, not, not everybody, obviously, but um, I have clients that stay with me. And the other thing is um, I enjoy it. Yeah. And, and when I went in and he had given me that advice, I wasn't enjoying it. I was, mm. I was nervous. I was uptight like a trainer who's not enjoying it, you know, immediately, you know, and it makes your client unrelaxed if you're not in your Zen place. So, yeah. yeah. So, um, yes, this uh, makes me think of a bit of NLP jargon, uptime and downtime, where downtime is your attention is within you and you're yes. sort of, oh, I'm feeling, you know, <clears throat> whatever. 
uptime, mm. you're not even aware of how you feel because right. all your attention yeah. is on the client. It's outside yes. yourself. Yes, and, that's it. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Thanks. Can I put that in the book? That'll um, be an addendum. <laughs> <laughs> it's jargon. I think that's you're expressing. <laughs> you're express, you've expressed really well in the book what it is anyway. So people will uh, recognize <laughs> it. I'm just throwing this in for the, uh, presumably, uh, everyone listening to the podcast will be an NLP buff. So uh, mm. if they haven't mm. come across uptime and downtime before, then uh, mm -hmm. it's a useful concept. Yeah, no, that's, that's mm. spot on. Yeah. So... Um, what should I ask you to kind of finish up apart from I'm going to, I'm going to ask where can people find you and stuff in a minute, but um, yeah. So normally I ask people, what do you wish for the field of NLP in the future? I'm going to say, what do you wish for the field of NLP or co and or coaching in the future? For myself or for the field or uh, both of those things, I think. Ah, it's one of the things I touch on in the book. Um, actually is for people to just be aware of the differences between coaching and mentoring and training and therapy and to be aware, this is something, I think those lines get so blurred yeah. so often. And I think coaches frequently, especially those of us who were NLP trained because there's so much kind of a therapeutic kind of um, uh, feel towards um, I mean, timeline therapy and a, a, a therapeutic kind of um, jargon and everything in it. Um, and we're not therapists. We're not trained as therapists. Well, I'm, well, I'm assuming you're not, you know, um, maybe you are. But as a coach and an NLP practitioner, we're not we're not therapists. And I think it's just important to for people to remember the difference. Because there, there is a, there is a real difference between so yes yeah um but, well and to know uh, when to not to not deal with somebody and to and you know to refer them to someone else sorry yeah so so the classical idea of um, the NLP practitioner it's like mm -hmm. it's almost like a skilled mechanic looking at a car that's gone wrong and yeah. seeing and seeing where it goes wrong and oh yeah if we just adjust this thing here and yeah like that um, yeah. whereas coaching. Uh, at least the, what do you call it in the book, empowerment coaching type thing, asking mm. people the questions and the mm. idea is the wisdom is within them and uh, yes. it comes out, mm. but you've got to You're ask the right questions. Just drawing it out of them. Yeah. yeah. Um, but there are, of course, there are strands of that within NLP, especially coming mm -hmm. from uh, Ericksonian hypnotherapy, working with yes. the unconscious yeah. and, uh, yeah, bringing it out. And but it's it, easy for those of us with the hypnotherapy background and NLP training as coaches to blur those lines. I think it's very easy yeah. for us because we yeah. do, you know, with timeline therapy, you do deal with like um, issues from the past, you know, oh, and sure, that's yeah. exactly what we do. And we just need to be careful there. You know, um, I, I, as I go on more and more, I refuse to have certain clients. You know, mm -hmm. I had someone approach me the other day who, uh, oh, he emailed me and said, oh, I've got, you know, I had abuse issues and, and with, you know, when I was a child and this and that. And I want hypnotherapy to put it right. I said, it's not, you know. I can't do that in two or three sessions of hypnotherapy. You know, mm. you need, uh, have you had any other kind of therapy, you know, before with this? And he wouldn't answer me, you know? And so, oh, I, I, yeah, I sadly mm. had to, he just wanted me to do some magic on him. And so I think it's in, and it wasn't worth it to me to 
deal yeah. with that. Uh, yeah. I think you uh, you have to work with uh, where you want to work and the type of yes, clients that you absolutely. want to work with because yeah. um, yeah. some some people will be like, yeah, come on in. Um, Mm-hmm. and especially if they specialize in those areas mm-hmm. yeah okay so yeah being aware of the distinctions and uh, there's still a lot of discussion going on about this with um just the other day this is this is um from a solution focus therapy facebook group where they were discussing uh you know the client being the expert, uh, but the therapist has to be the expert about therapy and what questions to ask and so on yes yeah um so that this is this is still ongoing and it's really interesting yeah, to me yeah yeah mm. okay so there you are in mm-hmm. um you, you're in mexico but do you work uh like remotely or is this oh, yeah. with clients within mexico no 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 i work um uh mostly um no, uh, my clients are in England and mm-hmm. in the States. Um, so there's a time differences we have to work out. But um, yeah. like, for instance, this is very still early morning for me here in Mexico. <laughs> yeah, I haven't uh, had my breakfast yet, but uh, it's uh, like five o'clock in the afternoon for you, I believe. It is, yeah. 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 Um, so, yes, no, I work online remotely. Um, most of my clients are online. Okay. And, um yeah, I, I, yeah, and I do no video so that if people are self-conscious about what they look like on video, they don't have to. And I find that oh, okay. um, people are quite comfortable with that. <laughs> okay, so it's just a sort of nice audio <laughs> yes. experience. <laughs> yes. Interesting. <laughs> on the okay. computer. I don't use the phone. Yeah. I, use, uh, I use either Zoom or um, what's a lot easier is Facebook Messenger. Just right, calls okay, them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it works really. It's easier. You don't have to book it ahead of yeah, time and yeah. you know, Zoom calls. Um, yeah, okay. So where can they find you? What's your website? MargaretNashCoach.com. MargaretNashCoach.com. Yes, yes. Um, that's my website. And uh, yeah, the books are on Amazon under... Oh, there's several Margaret Nashes, by the way. Um, oh, really? thinking of that yeah there's a children's author called margaret nash so it's not me <laughs> <You're> not <that laughs> <one. Right. laughs> no uh, my books are all on um self-help and coaching and um I, I have one book on assertiveness for women assertiveness skills for women um a book on retirement they're called the retirement rebel and um yeah so a variety. My my main book is my my kind of key book is called Rebellious Aging. Right. Okay. Now I'll put a link to your author page in mm-hmm. the show notes. Thank you. Uh, and I guess also on the video. Yeah, there mm-hmm. are quite a lot. So here we go. Yeah, Rebellious Aging, The Retirement Rebel, Drop the Drama. Um, <laughs> That's got a lot of NLP in it, by the way, the drop yeah. drama. Okay. Well, Margaret, I'd better let you go and get uh, some breakfast. Get some uh, huevos rancheros or whatever you're going to have and uh, <laughs> some, some kind of breakfast anyway. Yeah. And um, it's been lovely catching up with you after all really these years. Has. And we've um, got to do it more. We have got to do it more. All this right. This is fun. Yeah. So that's that's a wrap for the podcast. And um, we'll probably get you back on at some point in the future. I would Thank love you. it. I would love it. Thank you. Bye bye, Andy. Bye. bye.
That's it for this week's podcast. Remember, you can see the show notes for this episode at nlppod.com and you can download back episodes you may have missed from the online store at webstore.nlppod.com. See you next time.